Thank you for listening to our podcast. Church at the Well is a community reintroducing Jesus in Vermont through worship, service, creativity, and community. Well, today we're going to wrap up our series called Seven Letters to the Church by looking at the church at Laodicea. Now, for the, for the last several weeks, we've been moving through the first three chapters of the book of Revelation, where Jesus personally addresses seven different churches scattered across Asia Minor. But before we jump into the seventh letter to the church at Laodicea, I want to take a few moments just to reflect on a couple themes that we've been seeing pop up throughout these letters. And one theme that we find is that Jesus sees and knows what's going on in these churches, right? He begins each letter with the words, I know. He tells them, I know the things you're going through. I know the things that you do. I know the areas where you're struggling. I know where you've been obedient. In fact, when we read these letters, we find that Jesus knows these seven churches even better than they know themselves. And and I find that incredibly encouraging because that means that, that Jesus knows our church too. He knows you and he knows me, that we are known by God. He knows everything about us, the good, the bad, the ugly, and he loves us recklessly anyways. And and that leads me to the second theme that we find in these letters, that not only does Jesus see us and know us, but he's also committed to our growth and development. See, these letters are our evidence of just how dedicated Jesus is to our spiritual formation. We, we find Jesus in these letters to these churches. He's affirming the things they were doing well. And, and he's also lovingly confronting and correcting things that they need to change and repent of. Because that's what love and commitment looks like. Right? Love and commitment doesn't just honor things that are right. It, it also challenges those things that need to change. Things that are maybe hindering our a healthy relationship with God and with other people. And what we see Jesus doing for these churches in the book of Revelation, he does for us today. And so I hope that these seven letters to the church have helped you to one, Know that Jesus sees you and understands what you're going through. And two, know that he loves you. And he loves you enough to not only honor you for all the things you're doing well, but to also lovingly correct you and challenge you. You know, Romans chapter 2 and verse 4, it tells us this, that it's God's kindness that leads us to repentance. That's part of his love, right? Okay. Well, before we read this letter, let me give you just two minutes of helpful background information uh, to help us understand some of what we're going to read. Now, this letter was written to the church at Laodicea, and Laodicea was a city that was known for four things. 
they were primarily known for four things. The first thing the city was known for was its wool and textile industry. Laodicea had crazy fertile soil, and so it was excellent for grazing sheep. And these sheep produced this really soft, glossy, black wool. And this wool, as you can imagine, was in high demand. It was sold all over the ancient world. So that's the first thing they were known for. The second thing Laodicea was widely known for was its medical school. And this medical school specialized in ointments for ears and for eyes. And so people would come far and wide for the eye salve that this medical school produced. The third thing of note about Laodicea was its banking system. Uh, the city of Laodicea was leaps and bounds ahead of most other ancient cities. There was a high number of investments and wealth that, that passed through Laodicea's financial institutions. And then lastly, Laodicea was known for its lack of a, a convenient water source. They, they actually had to bring water in their city from nearby springs through a system of, of stone pipes or aqueducts. And so they primarily drew their water from two other cities that were located several miles away. The cities were Heropolis and Colossae. And Heropolis was about six miles away from them, and it was known for its hot springs. Colossae, on the other hand, was known for its fresh, colder streams of water. But because the water from these two cities had to travel several miles through these stone pipes, the water quality suffered immensely. So, so they had horrible water. Laodicea was known for having terrible water. Have you ever traveled outside of Vermont and, and you, you got some tap water and you drank it and you're like, oh, that is just disgusting. That was Laodicea. Now, the reason I, I bring up those four things, those four characteristics about the city of Laodicea, is because Jesus in this letter is going to use each one of those to speak about the Laodiceans' spiritual condition. So with that in mind, let's read. We're going to start in Revelation chapter 3, verse 14. Write this letter to the angel of the church in Laodicea. This is the message from the one who is the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of God's new creation. Verse 15. I know all the things you do, that you are neither hot nor cold. I wish that you were one or the other. But since you are lukewarm water, neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. So the first thing Jesus does in this letter to the Laodicean Christians is he uses their underserved water supply as an analogy for their spiritual condition. He tells them that you're like lukewarm water. That I want to spit out. You're neither hot nor cold. You're lukewarm. And I wish that you were one or the other, he tells them. But since you're lukewarm, I'll spit you out. Now, I have heard my share of sermons where these exact words by Jesus were used to say something other than what Jesus meant them to say. 
I've heard my share of sermons where these words have been used to say, hey, you'd better be hot and on fire for the Lord, or you may as well forget it because he'll just spit you out. Jesus doesn't put up with half-hearted Christians, so you'd better get it together or you're wasting your time. And that's unfortunate. It's so unfortunate because that misinterpretation has actually led to people giving up on their faith, on their pursuit of Jesus. I mean, really, who sees themselves as on fire for Jesus 24-7, right? We all have our moments. And, and it's unfortunate because that's not at all what Jesus was saying. We have to take the context of these words into consideration. Now, as, as I mentioned earlier, the Laodiceans got their water from two primary sources. They drew from hot springs from Heropolis, and that water was known for its minerals and its medicinal properties. It was sulfuric, right? It had, the, had these minerals in the water. And then you also had these cold streams, these fresh streams from Colossae, which were, was refreshing and cold drinking water. But what happened is by the time their water traveled through these several miles of stone pipe, when it finally arrived in Laodicea, it was good for neither healing nor refreshment. It was, it was lukewarm, right? It was ineffective. When, when the water started in Heropolis, it, it was hot springs and medicinal and it had healing qualities and minerals. When the, the cold water left Colossae, it was refreshing. But by the time it got to Laodicea, it was lukewarm. It was ineffective. It, was, it wasn't useful for healing or for refreshment. And so Jesus tells the Laodiceans that their water issue is a reflection of their spiritual condition. He tells them, he's essentially saying to them, I wish you were a church known for healing and refreshment, but you provide neither one of those things. And so Jesus here isn't addressing their spiritual temperature. He's addressing the fact that, that their gospel proclamation, the way they were living, was ineffective and even distasteful. It wasn't healing or refreshing. Look what he says to them next in verse 17. You say I am rich. I have everything I want. I don't need a thing. And you don't realize that you are wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. He tells them, you say you're rich and you have everything you could ever want. You don't think that you're in need of anything. You have this independent posture. You're self-reliant. You're self-sufficient. But the truth of the matter is, you don't know how, how miserable how wretched, how poor, how blind, and how, how naked you are. And then Jesus does something crazy. He, he uses the very things that the Laodiceans had been relying on, things that they were known for, that they had a reputation for, to reveal to them their true spiritual condition. So he, in other words, he, 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 it's almost like he holds up a divine mirror to show them what they really look like. Look at verse 18. So I advise you to buy gold from me, gold that has been purified 
by fire. Then you will be rich. Also buy white garments from me. So you will not be shamed by your nakedness. An ointment for your eyes. So you will be able to see. Jesus tells them here that they need to buy three things. Three things that they think they already have. Right? He tells them you need to buy gold purified by fire. Then you'll be rich. You need to buy white garments to cover your nakedness and shame. You need to buy ointment for your eyes so you can see. Now, now this is just Jesus being the genius preacher that he is, right? Because what was Laodicea known for? Well, again, it was known for its banking and financial institutions. It was known for its textile and wool industry. It was known for its medical school that produced this special eye salve. And Jesus is telling them here, you think you already have what you need. You think you can rely on what you have, your banks, your rich supply of, of wool, your, your medical school that manufactures this eye salve. But none of these things are able to provide you with what you really need. Because what you really need can only be found in me. Now here's a question for you. How many times have you and I been guilty of what the Laodiceans were doing? How often have we ourselves relied on other things besides God to fulfill us, to give us an abundant life, to enrich us? It's such an easy trap to fall into, isn't it? We rely on our possessions and our recreational activities and our leisure and our careers and our relationships and our accomplishments, our achievements, our lifestyle. We rely on all these things to fill us, to bring us contentment, but they leave us empty and we're too blind to see it. So what do we do? We chase after the next thing. And what happens when we do that? Well, we end up in the same place that the Laodicean church was. We, we become indifferent. We, we become indifferent towards following Jesus, really the only one who can satisfy. We become indifferent towards pursuing the things of God. In fact, in verse 19, Jesus tells the Laodiceans, turn from your indifference. In other words, the things that you're investing in, the things that you're depending on have blinded you to what you really need. So instead, he tells them, buy gold refined by fire because you're valuing the wrong things, things that can't stand up under testing, things that can't stand up under trials. Right, look at what COVID has done to us. This testing and trial, like there are things that we had depended on that can't stand up under it. And so Jesus tells them, buy gold refined by fire. He tells them, buy white garments from me. Why? So that he can cover their nakedness with his forgiveness, with his righteousness, that, that they can stop trying to rely on their own self-sufficiency. Right? He tells them, you're exposed. 
Like, buy white garments from me. And then finally, he tells them, buy ointment for your eyes so that you can see what your spiritual condition really is. So that you can see me for who I really am, for what I'm offering you. And then in verse 20, he tells them this, I'm at the door knocking. And if you open it, I'll come in and we'll share a meal together as friends. See, as indifferent and as blind and as poor in spirit as they were, Jesus never stopped knocking. Friends, that means this, that no matter where you find yourself today, Jesus is knocking at your door. And if you choose to let him in, he's not going to come in and condemn you. He's going to talk to you as a friend. And so let me leave you with a benediction just to close our series, Seven Letters to the Church. As we endeavor today to humble ourselves before God, recognizing our own spiritual condition, may we have the courage to confess our own thirst, to confess our own poverty, to confess our own nakedness. And may God grant us the ability to see. May he grant us the ability to see all the empty things that we've been depending on instead of him. And may he give us ears to hear what the Spirit is saying so that our lives can proclaim a gospel of healing and refreshment. Amen. Amen. You're listening to the official podcast of Church at the Well in Burlington, Vermont. For more information about Church at the Well, including gathering time and location, events, and how you can financially support the podcast, please visit us online at wellchurchvt.com.